Uh, the book of Daniel in chapter number 8 this evening is where we'll begin preaching from tonight. And um, I'm going to record this and put this on my podcast. We, I have a Sowing and Reaping audio podcast that you can look up and you can actually hear my life story from the Unshackled radio program on that podcast as well. But uh, Daniel chapter number 8, uh, there's a lot of buzz going around about the second coming of Christ, about the rapture of the church. And I usually try not to hop on board with all that. I just try to follow the leadership of the Lord. Amen. Uh, because uh, uh, we know Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. Nothing in the word of God has to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church to take place. Amen. And uh, you'll hear me say that probably again throughout tonight's message. But uh, tonight, I want to look in Daniel chapter number eight and we'll begin reading in verse number 23 and we'll go all the way to the end of the chapter. The Bible says in Daniel 8, Begin reading verse number 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come uh, to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against a prince of princes but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore shut thou up the vision, for it shall be many days. And the Bible said in verse 27, And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days. Afterward I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision but none understood it. Uh, may God add his blessing to the reading of the word of God here tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Holifield, if he would, takes the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, again for your love, mercy, and grace. I pray and ask you now, Lord, bless your servant tonight, God, in a special way. If you remember the things, Lord, he studied and looked at, and Lord, I pray you use them tonight, Lord, in a special way. Help us to glean some things, Lord, from the word it's preached, and uh, help us, Lord, to be a blessing to us. In the days ahead, continue to bless him and his ministry and use him, Lord. Keep the doors open for him and we pray you bless the church here. Meet every need. We'll thank you and praise you for all you do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, dear man of God. Um, the Bible in the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel is probably another one of my favorite Old Testament uh, uh, books of all the Word of God. Outside, of course, you know, you have your Psalms and your Proverbs, which is also another favorite of mine, as well as Isaiah. And I love reading about David. I've been doing a study of David now since uh, for almost a solid year. I've been studying the life of David and my soul, what, uh, what a man of God David was. But tonight I want to look in the book of Daniel. And I want to say this to begin with. To say the least, the Bible is a complex book. Nowhere is this even more truer than in the area of prophecy. And I know... I Listen, before I even go any further, I'm not a, I'm not a prophet, nor am I a son of a prophet. I do not know what's, when Jesus is coming back. I do not know of, a, uh, I cannot, I'm not a date setter, but a friend of mine, I, all I can say is this, as I said at the forefront of the message tonight, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. And I'm glad to be among those uh, that's going to be raptured out of here and when the saints go marching in. Amen. Hot dog and Yahoo goes right there. And so thank God, I'm glad that I'm saved 
saved by the grace of Almighty God. But let me say this. Uh, nowhere in the Word of God, nowhere in, in, in anything, to say the least, the Bible is a complex book. It's more truer than it is when it comes to Bible prophecy. And just about every Bible teacher has his own opinion about how things work out. And brother, let me say this. It stops at man's opinion because the final authority is the Word of God. Amen. The final authority is God's word. And like I said, what this results in when it comes to man's opinion is confusion on the part of the Christians in the pews. Amen. And I, I said this many years ago. I will never ever sit under a man of God who preaches his opinion outside of the word of God. You give me preaching. Amen. Give me Bible preaching. Uh, give me something from the word of God. I don't want to hear no opinions tonight. Uh, I want to hear what God has to say. Because it's all that matters anyway. Amen. And so prophecy, you know what the word prophecy means? Uh, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm standing here tonight to, you know, to, to preach it to people that's probably been saved longer than me. But prophecy simply means a prediction of things to come. And why is there a message on prophecy? Well, because simply many in our modern day churches tonight do not know what lies ahead and many all around us need to be preparing for the coming of the great God our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And because the time is short and we need to hear the truth of the Word of God. I believe every second that goes by on that clock we're getting closer and closer and closer to the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. And friend of mine, and those that soon going on to be to the Lord, what a grand reunion day. What a glad reunion day it's going to be. Hallelujah, friend. I'm glad that one of these days we're going to see our loved ones once again. But as I begin to look at all this, and I begin to think about how many people live on the planet Earth with some 46 Point six billion people that have lived on the earth since Adam was created in the Garden of Eden. Since that time, the world has witnessed the event of many talented, many intelligent, and many powerful people here in this race called human. Amen. I mean, there's been a lot of powerful men down through the decades of time. There's been a lot of powerful women down through the eons of time. I can think of a lot of them. I won't name them all for the sake of time tonight. However, though. None of these who has ever lived is able to match this man that I just read about in your hearing tonight. And that man is known as the Antichrist. And uh, I haven't heard any preaching on the Antichrist in a long time. And it's probably because uh, those who are saved by the grace of God, we're not going to be here when he shows up. Amen. I said uh, those who are washed in the blood of the Lamb, uh, those who've been saved uh, by the grace of Almighty God, when the Antichrist appears, thank God we're not going to be here to meet him and greet him. I'm not going to have a meet and greet session with the Antichrist. Can I put it that way? Well, let me say this though. All of those men and women that's been down through the years of time, who's been intelligent and powerful and all this, they will never match the power of this man and of Christ. Because he's going to be powerful. He's going to be deceitful. He will be intelligent. He will be brutal. He will be ruthless. He will be efficient. He will represent the pinnacle of all that man can achieve apart from Almighty God. He will literally be what I like to call Satan's Superman. He will be Satan's Superman. And with that being said, that's all I want to talk to you about tonight for just a few moments. Uh, if the Lord will allow me the time, Satan's Superman.
You could tell I ministered to young people because I just gave them a, 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 a cartoon character, a comic book character, amen? He is Satan's Superman. And so if we look with me back at verse number 23, you're going to find, first of all, the appearance of Satan's Superman. When he will appear, or the appearance of Satan's Superman, our text tells us that in the end times, a fierce king is going to stand up. But what are the signs of his appearance? Can men really know when this man will appear? The answer to that question is both yes and both no. Because like I said, no man on the face of God's green earth knows when Jesus Christ is coming back. I mean already because of the world events that's happening right now. You can go on YouTube and you can see people being date setters right now. Yeah. I mean, friend of mine, they... They don't, even Jesus Christ himself doesn't know when he's coming back. And so what makes you and I think that God's going to surpass Jesus and let us know what time he's coming? Well, I am certain that no man knows exactly though who the Antichrist is. I'm certain that no man knows exactly when he's going to appear other than the fact he will appear after the rapture of the church. But the Bible does not tell us that there are certain signs that accompany his appearance. It is these signs though that I would, or it tells us that certain signs will accompany his appearance. And these signs I want to take a look at for just a moment. I want you first of all to think about this. The condition of the world. The condition of the world. When this man makes his entrance, the world is going to be in a terrible moral condition. When this man of sin appears. And there is evidence by these two passages that make reference to the end times. I mean, I won't read it for the sake of time tonight, but you can look in, look in the book of Luke, chapter number 17, and you can also look in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 through 5. If you read that, you'll find it's easy to see that our world right now already bears the marks that suggest a fulfillment of these conditions. You see, everything that's happening in the world right now is not setting up for the rapture, it's setting up for afterwards it's setting up for things to come after the church is raptured out of here it is my conviction that the world itself is right now ready for the appearance of Satan's superman the world is making herself ready for the appearance of Satan's superman we see the condition of the world we also see the corruption of religion the apostle Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3 he talks about a falling away as a matter of fact let me read that to you real quickly uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter number uh, 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 2 and verse number 3 let me read that to you real quickly the Bible says in chapter 2 verse 3 let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a fall away first and that man of sin be revealed who is called the son of perdition. And my friend is like this. It tells us that the Antichrist, he will appear during a time of religious apostasy and the Bible calls that a falling away. Uh, falling away. And this refers to a time when organized visible religion will depart from the doctrines of the word of God. And since the New Testament was written for and about believers, it makes sense to conclude that this falling away will be apparent in churches and denominations which operate under the umbrella of Christianity. There used to be a time when people say that I was a Christian, they meant it. Huh? There used to be a time when people say, I am a Christian, and they were Christ-like. 
And that's what the word Christian means. It means Christ-like. I hope everyone understands that just because a church or a denomination calls itself a Christian work, it does not make it a Christian. Hey, my friend, just because people say they're a Christian, it doesn't mean that they're a Christian. It, just because people go to church uh, doesn't mean that they're a Christian. Why, going to church, my friend, makes you no more a Christian, and going to McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. Amen. I mean, friend of mine, going to church makes you no more a Christian than going to Burger King makes you a whopper. Hello. What makes you a Christian is being born again. Being saved by the grace of Almighty God. And there used to be a time when if a man said he was a Christian, you pretty much knew what he believed. And yeah, there might have been a few doctrinal differences, but for the most part, the person believed in the virgin birth of Christ. They believed in the substitutionary death and the resurrection of Christ. You cannot have uh, uh, salvation without the resurrection. You must believe in, in all that, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. You cannot have anything apart. And they also believe uh, the return of Christ. They believe the fact that the Bible is in fact the Word of God. In other words, a Christian was a person who had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and accepted all that the Bible teaches concerning the Lord and His work. But now, oh my, have things have changed. I'm only 52 years old. And um, I remember a time when I was growing up, I was in the 80s, when people called themselves a Christian, there was a respect. And if I didn't respect my grandma, I beat the devil out of me, amen. <laughs> Thank God for granny, amen. Her prayers is why I'm standing here today. It used to be a time, Brother Holyfield, when people would say, or when a man of God would approach them, there was a certain respect for the man of God. But oh my, Preacher Hall, how things have changed. How things have changed. A person may deny the virgin birth and still claim to be a Christian. A person may call themselves a Christian and cast doubt on the accuracy of the Word of God. I mean, you think about it. There are folk today who call themselves a Christian and believe they can lose their salvation. I know it's a doctrinal thing there, but still yet. I believe in once saved, always saved. Because Jesus said so. Well, a person may call themselves a Christian and may doubt that Jesus really died and rose from the dead and still claim to be saved. Oh, my friend, let me say tonight, uh, something is badly wrong when they can deny the virgin birth, when they can deny the resurrection, when they can deny that Christ died for their sins and still say they're Christian. They're not a Christian according to the Word of God. Amen? And we are living right now in the midst of a great falling away. Cults are growing by leaps and bounds while genuine Christianity consistently finds itself under the gun from society, from government, and organized religion. Thank God, my friend, it's not religion that's taking me to heaven. It's salvation that's taking me to heaven. Religion will take you straight to hell. But thank God, you know what? I like to put it like this. Religion is us carrying God around. Look what I can do. Look what denomination I belong to. I'm a I'm a Methodist. I'm a Presbyterian. But friend, that's what religion is. It's religious us carrying God around. But thank God, salvation is God carrying you and I around. That's what Christianity is all about. 
And like I said, we're living in a day of a great falling away. Everything that's happening in the world right now, including the wars that's going on in the Middle East, including the war that's going on over in Europe, they're all setting up for the appearance of Satan's Superman. And like I said, we are truly living in a day of apostasy, I believe. There are things that are nailed down so firmly in the Word of God, there should never be a question of doubt in God's Word. However, we are seeing every major doctrine under attack. We see churches and denominations turning away from the truth with an alarming speed so they can grow a crowd. Friend of mine, uh, let me say this. I'm not a pastor. I, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. If I have to turn away from the Word of God to grow a crowd, then guess what? I won't have a crowd. Right. Amen. Amen. Amen? And if this is the case, then what hinders the Antichrist from appearing at any moment? What is keeping the tribulation from starting even now? And let me say this uh, uh, before I go any further. I posted something some time ago about Jesus coming back, and somebody said that the Antichrist is going to come before Jesus. Somebody needs to go back and read their Bible, amen? And I, lo I listen now, I lovingly rebuked the person, gave him scripture to back up what I had to say. He said, what happened after that? I don't know, they never responded back. <laughs> never responded back. And it just goes to show you, friend, people will stay out of church and they won't read the Bible. They'll stay out of church and they won't even turn on a, a, a Facebook Live. They'll stay out of church and, and still claim to be a Christian. And they may be, but they've wandered far away from God. I'm not their judge, but there's one in heaven who is, amen? I mean, the Bible does say there is a thing that is called righteous judgment. We know if their spirit bears spirit with ours, amen? Yeah. Well, what is it that's keeping the Antichrist from appearing? What is it that's keeping the tribulation from starting? Well, there is one event that must take, take, take place before the Antichrist can be revealed and before the tribulation period can start, and that is called the completion of the church. The completion of the church. And so, as we look at this this evening, we see the appearance of Satan's Superman. We find the condition of the world. What is the condition of the world right now? We find the corruption of religion. Look how bad it is getting. Then we find the completion of the church. Again, uh, 2 Thessalonians verses 2 and 6. Uh, uh, let me turn back there again. I want to read this to you because I want to make sure that you know Brother Walter ain't just saying it. I want to give you the word of God. Amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 verses 6 and 7 says, And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth not already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, my friend, these verses teach you and I that the truth that the church must be removed before the Antichrist can be revealed. Verse number six tells us that there is something that is withholding. Something withholdeth. And verse number seven says, there's one uh, who letteth. These two words are translated from the same Greek word, and both of them mean to hinder. So there's something and someone hindering the Antichrist, Satan's Superman, from appearing. That is why we can say, or why we can see the evidence is all around us tonight. 
However, there are two forces, these two forces, that hinder him from stepping on the stage and making his presence known. Those two forces are the church and the Holy Spirit of God. As long as the church is here, the Holy Spirit of God is going to be here. As long as the true church of the living God is still around and the Holy Spirit is dwelling within, within all of us, the Antichrist ain't going to show up. But the moment we're out of here will be the moment he appears. Will be the moment that he appears. The work of the Spirit in convicting and judging the hearts of men is a tremendous restraint restraining force in the world. And the Spirit's work in filling the church to stand against the tides of evil is also a great hindrance to the work of the Spirit of Antichrist. However, though, I've already said one day both of these forces are going to be removed at the rapture of the church. And by the way, the Spirit of Antichrist may not be here, but the Spirit is sweeping all around the world. The Spirit of Antichrist is already sweeping all around the world. Why? Because... It's setting things up. You know, Israel's a little place on the map, but it's the center of the world that we all need to keep our eyes on. So Satan, Superman, we see, first of all, the appearance of him. Secondly, tonight, we see the abilities of Satan, Superman. Back in verse number 23, we read this. Uh, the Bible says again, and the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressions are come to the full... Here's what they say, what it says. A king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. He will be a man of popularity, Satan Superman will. According to Revelation chapter number six, verse two, the Bible says, and I saw, now remember, chapter number four, the church is raptured out of here in Revelation chapter four. After chapter number four, the church is not mentioned again until I think uh, chapter 19 or chapter 20. So right here, Revelation 6, verse number 2, John said, And I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This tells us that this man will be given a crown. That is this, the peoples of this world will embrace him as a godsend. They will embrace him as a godsend. No doubt this man will arrive on the scene with a workable formula for world peace. How about them apples, Grandma used to say? Huh? He will arrive on the scene and he'll have the answer to world peace. They just had the summit in New York City before uh, 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 Iran and Hamas went in and attacked Israel. And all the leaders of the world came together there in New York. Guess what they started doing? Preacher, they started putting together a seven-year plan for world peace. They were talking about that. But they don't have the answer to world peace. But Jesus does. And we'll talk about that more in just a moment. But the Satan Superman, when he arrives on the scene, the world's going to be a chaotic mess. And he's going to have the answer, the so-called answer to world peace. Everything God has, Satan has a counterfeit for Huh? Just as God is going to have world peace, Satan's going to have a counterfeit of world peace through the Antichrist, his own little Superman. Well, he will have a viable explanation as to why the Christians are gone. Guess what? The Pentagon is putting together a program of alien force 
UFO program. They are. Google it. We used to say watch the news, but now we can Google things. Amen. I heard the other day that they was putting together a, a, a UFO force or something of that nature. And, it, and I don't know what, what the plan is, but could it be that they're going to say aliens came and took the Christians out by UFO? Could it be that way? You never can tell. Well, he will embody all the world has ever looked for in a leader. I mean, they're looking for a powerful leader even right now. They will, it's often been said that the Antichrist is going to have the leadership qualities of Washington or Lincoln. He's going to have the eloquence of Franklin Roosevelt, the charm of Teddy Roosevelt, the charisma of John F. Kennedy. He will have the popularity of Dwight D. Eisenhower. He will have the political savvy of Lyndon B. Johnson. And he will have the intellect of Thomas Jefferson. And friend of mine, whether we will admit it or not, the world stage is it setting up right now for the appearance of such a man. He's going to be popular. He will be Satan's Superman. Who won't be popular being like that? Man, if I could take off and fly, I promise you, I'd be popular. Oh, by the way, one of these days I am going to fly. Amen. I'm going to fly without a cape. Hallelujah. I'm going to hear that trumpet sound, and I'm out of here. He will be a man of popularity. He'll also be a man of peace, as recorded in Revelation 6, verse 2. It tells us that when, this ha when he appears, he will be like one riding on a white horse. And the white horse gives him a good appearance. You ever thought about that? The white horse gives the Satan Superman a good appearance. It also states that he will have a bow, but no arrows. Mm. He'll have a bow, but he will not have no arrows. This indicates he's not coming to make war, but he's coming to make peace. So the world thinks. Uh, this is proven by what Daniel said in Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 27. He said this, uh, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice of the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate even unto the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. In other words, it seems this man will make a seven year peace treaty. Hmm as my ancestral Native American friends would say. Hmm. I'm Blackfoot Cherokee Indian, so I can say that. He will make a seven-year peace treaty with the nation of Israel. And again, it can be clearly seen that our world right now is looking for such a leader. Why? Because the world is tired of war. We're tired of it. This world is tired of it. I'm tired of it. But I was telling Tammy the other day, maybe it was this morning, I can't remember Brother Leon, but I was telling her, I said, there's something stirring in my soul. I feel a tug from another world. I've always felt it, but it feels different now. It feels different. With, I mean, you think about it. Europe is in war with Ukraine and Russia. Now we got Israel at war with Iran and all their mothers, Hezbollah and Hamas, and, and there's uprisings all over the world right now standing on the side of wrong and evil, protesting in the streets. There's something, I don't know, there's something stirring. Maybe it's just terrorology, taterology, whatever you want to call it, amen? Taterology. But friend of mine, I'll tell you, there's something stirring right now. It's exciting but sad. 
Exciting times for the born again child of God, but sad times for those who do not know him. And like I said, the world is tired of war. Economies are in need of help. And people want to prosper and dwell in peace and in safety. And the world will readily embrace a man with a message of peace. The world will embrace the man who has the answer to world peace. Who has the answer to the economic turmoil that we are in. The world will never know peace though apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And while this world is in turmoil, the children of God know peace in their hearts. Thank God there's a peace in my heart that passes all understanding tonight knowing that everything for the child of God is going to be alright Jesus said in John 14 27 peace I live with you my peace I give unto you now as the world giveth give out unto you let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid when Jesus returns to this earth he will usher in a genuine peace that will last forever and if you're looking for peace tonight you're only going to find it in Jesus and so Satan Superman, we see the appearance, we see the abilities of Satan Superman. He'll be a man of peace. He's also going to be a man of prosperity. I won't take time to read it, but you can look in Daniel chapter number 11 and verse 43. Also Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17. The Antichrist will eventually control the wealth of the world. He will eventually control the wealth of of the entire world. He will bring prosperity to those who have lived in poverty. I'm convinced tonight that the Antichrist will bring an end to world hunger. I believe he will bring an end to world hunger. The most popular under his reign will be better off financially than they were before he rose to power. This is one area of this rule that will bring him lasting success. And I said all that to say this. The bottom line is a world leader who can promise and produce prosperity will be a very popular man. Satan's Superman. He will be a man of power. Revelation 13, verse 7 and 8. These verses tell us that the Antichrist will eventually rule the entire world. I mean, you think about this. Conquerors down through the ages of time have sought this lofty goal without success. You think of Adolf Hitler, who tried to be a world-dominant leader, but he failed. But the Antichrist, he's going to prevail. He will achieve it. What men won't recognize or won't care about is the fact that he receives his power, though, from Satan himself. I just read about it in Daniel 8, 24. Let me read it again. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and holy people. He will become so large in the eyes of humanity that they will literally fall down and worship him as their God. All of this will be true of him in the beginning of his reign. However, though, in the middle of the tribulation period, this man of peace and prosperity will show his true colors right in the middle. This brings us to our third and final thought, or next thought tonight, concerning this Superman from hell. Satan's Superman, we see the appearance of him. We see the uh, abilities of him. But also, Satan's Superman, verse 24 and 25, we see the abomination of Satan's Superman. He will attack the people of God. I want you to look back with me. One chapter, in chapter number 7, and look in verse number 25. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. Look what the Word of God says here. He's going to attack the people of God. 
and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. The Antichrist will break his covenant with Israel and will attack the people of the Lord. He will try to do what Hitler, what Stalin, and what many others have failed to do. And that is this, to exterminate the Jew, to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. He's going to try it. More than anything else, this man will hate everything having to do with God in Jesus Christ. He will lash out at the Jews and try to completely destroy them. And friend of mine, if we're not seeing it right now, then I'll eat your dirty socks. We are seeing it right now. Amen? The spirit of Antichrist is on the move, but the Antichrist hasn't showed up yet. He's entering the hearts of people, evil men, waxing worse and worse against the Jews. I mean, I don't have to tell you, just turn on the news. I would recommend you turn it off after you see all that horrific stuff. Because it can get to you. It can really bother you. It makes you angry, it makes you sad, it makes you hurt, it makes you full of heartache and heartbreak. We're seeing our day, we're seeing in our day right now that that spirit is already at work. It's becoming increasingly unpopular to be a Jew, a Bible-believing Christian. As a matter of fact, uh, you and I who are saved by the grace of Almighty God, we're oftentimes uh, uh, looked at upon as being intolerant people because we will not tolerate the sin that's going on in the world, then we often say that uh, they are, we're often labeled as, as haters of those who are, are in the homosexual lifestyle. Look up here. I don't hate nobody that's in that lifestyle. I hate their sin. Just as God does. We are told to tolerate the murders of, of millions of innocent unborn children. But also we're told to stand up for the white owl. Who is going distinct? Something's wrong somewhere. We're told that we are bigots when we speak out about the evils of society. We are told that we had no voice in the government. Look up here tonight, church. You and I have just as much right to voice our, uh, I guess you could call it opinion if you want to, about the government. I've often been heard, uh, I heard somebody tell me this, I was preaching a revival meeting, they come up and told me, Brother Walter, we like you because you don't mix politics behind the pulpit. They haven't heard me preach very long. If the Lord leads me to say something, I'll say it, amen? Because I got Bible to back it up. God ordained the government. As much as we don't like it, that is the ordinance of God. The powers that be are still ordained of God. Well, let me move on. Just keep an eye on things. If the Lord doesn't return soon, it may even become illegal to be a true born-again Bible believer. The church is under attack, and this will continue until the rapture. Then the focus of Satan's anger will turn to the nation of Israel. He will attack the people of God. He will attack the prince of God. Uh, chapter number 8, verse number 25, it talks about the prince of princes. 
The prince of, here we are told that the man of sin was set up against the, against the prince of princes. This is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It appears that anything having to do with godliness and holiness or Jesus Christ will be the focus of attack of this madman called Satan, Superman. But thank God I'm glad to report tonight that those who are saved by the grace of God, we will not be here when he appears. Amen. The Antichrist, he's going to be powerless to stop the 144,000. Powerless. You read about that in Revelation 14. I'm glad that in the midst of chaos, can I say tonight, God is still on the throne. Amen. I said, God is still, let me, did you know that last Saturday didn't catch God by surprise? Do you know that everything that happens in this world never catches God by surprise? Never. And Satan, Superman, he will attack the people of God. That's the abomination of Satan, Superman. He will attack the prince of God. He will attack the place of God. All the, Daniel 8, 25 tells us, and many other verses tell us, that the Antichrist will break his seven-year covenant with the Jews, the nation of Israel. Then he's going to attempt to wipe them off the face of the earth, and that he will enter into the newly constructed temple there in Jerusalem and walk into the holiest of holies and set up his throne. And he is going to declare himself to be God, and he will demand worship from all the people, but especially the Jews, and he will desecrate the temple. He will declare to the world that he is God and he must be worshipped. And the sad thing is, the Bible tells us very clearly that the world will be led to worship this devil from hell. Revelation 13, 8. The world at that time will not bow down to the Lord Jesus Christ, but one day they will. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And even right now, people worship something. Even the atheist worships something. Even the agnostic worships something. Our worship is directed somewhere. So my question is, what are you worshiping tonight? Are you giving yourself to worship? I know people right now, they worship their husbands, their wives. And I get the little cute little saying, they worship the ground they walk on. I get that. She worships mine, amen. I'll get in trouble for saying that. I worship the ground she works, she walks on, but not before God. Not before the Lord. Amen. God's first. Should always be first. Well, last of all tonight, Satan Superman, we see the afflictions of Satan Superman, verse number 25, the latter part of that verse. The Bible says in verse number 25, the latter part of it. I'll just go and read the whole thing. And through his policy also, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart. Again, he's declaring himself to be God. And by peace shall destroy many, and he shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. He's going to be broke without hand. You see, the afflictions of Satan Superman is going to be this. It's going to be something that's going to happen suddenly. The Bible says it's going to be broken without hand. It simply means, my friend, the Antichrist is going to be defeated, but he's not going to be defeated by man. His kingdom will be overthrown, but not by mankind. It's going to be defeated by a supernatural defeat. Turn with me real quick to Revelation 19. I want to show you something. Revelation 19, you probably already know it, but I want to read it to you because it's always good to read again. Amen? It's always good to read it again and again and again. 
Because it's just a reminder of what's going to happen to Satan's Superman and Satan himself. Revelation 19. Let's look at verse number 20. The Bible says here, Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken with him. And the false prophet, who is that? Satan, Superman. The false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. I told you, they're going to be worshipping him. Not God, but the Antichrist. And these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. You see here, it's going to be sudden, my friend. When God judges this man, he's going to judge him swiftly. He's going to do it swiftly. He's going to do it harshly. Defeat is sure for Satan's superman. He's not going to do it with kryptonite, amen. But he's going to do it with the lake of fire in hell. But that's not all. Not only is it going to be sudden, it's also going to be serious. Don't you notice Revelation 19 verse 20 says that Antichrist will enter into the lake of fire, not dead, but alive. Then a thousand years later, guess what's going to happen? Old dirty, rotten, cross-sided devil himself. He too is going to be judged and condemned to the lake of fire. And my friend, when he is thrown in, the Bible tells us that the beast is still there. Look at Revelation 20 and verse number 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And to that I say, Amen, Amen, Amen. You say, Brother Walter, you should sympathize. No, no, I had no sympathy on him. He has none on me. I hate the devil tonight, Amen. I'm looking forward to the day when himself is cast into the eternal lake of fire. It's given me heartache and heartbreak my entire life. And I can't wait for the day to see God cast that dude in the lake of fire. And in spite of this man's abilities, in spite of all his power, in spite of all his greatness, in spite of the fact he received the worship of men, he's still going to be defeated. And all the while he was ruling the world in great power, can I say he was nothing more than just a puppet on a string in the mighty hand of God? He was just a pawn fulfilling a divinely directed purpose. This man, like so many others, found himself on the wrong side of the tracks. He sure did. I'm glad to report to you tonight. If you say by the grace of God, we're on the right side of the tracks, honey. We're getting ready to board the train. In the words that Hunter would say. We're getting ready to board that train that's bound for glory. And I'm glad I'm on there. Jesus is the train's conductor, and I forget how the rest of that song goes, but Michael Combs came out of that song years ago. But you may be wondering as I close, what has all this got to do with us? Simply put, the answer is Jesus is coming soon. And the world is poised in her time of trouble like nothing she's ever seen or experienced before in her life after the rapture of the church. You think it's bad now, just wait till the church is gone. We think it's bad now, just wait till the Holy Spirit is gone. You know what, Brother Hollifield? I've been called a lot of things in my life. But when Jesus Christ comes back, just call me gone. Amen. Just call me gone. And my friend, Satan, Superman will appear. But not. He will, we won't get to have a meet and greet session with him. I'm glad I won't have to meet him. 
I'm glad I'm not going to be here. And so tonight, I just felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to preach on tonight.